Welcome back to the Shot to Side podcast. Uh, today I'm joined by Adam. Uh, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, not too bad. Today yep. we got the uh, Miami Heat on the schedule for their breakdown. Um, I think we just did the Charlotte Hornets yesterday. Uh, and then we had the Atlanta Hawks the previous day. So uh, check out those podcasts if you haven't heard them yet. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as well at Shot to Side. Um, so let's dive into the Miami Heat then. Uh, some notable additions, you know, didn't really bring in a lot. They got Nikola Jovic in the first round, rookie. Uh, Darius Days, a rookie in the second round. And then Marcus Garrett, who I'm not too you know, familiar with. Um, subtractions. Possibly losing out on Udonis Haslam uh, if he retires or comes back. He might play for Miami again. Michael Mulder, Javante Smart. And then the big loss for this team was P.J. Tucker going to Philly. Uh, I think, you know, Philly, or not Philly, but uh, James Harden had something to play with that, you know, taking less money. Oh, 100%. 100%. And then uh, Markeith Morris is, is still a free agent, so... Maybe they bring him back on a short-term term deal because they really don't have a lot of power for, forward depth. Uh, we'll go through the depth chart real quick, and then we'll jump right into it. So at point guard, Kyle Lowry and Gabe Vincent. Uh, Darius Stays is also a point guard, shooting guard, hybrid. Uh, shooting guard, Tyler Hero will most likely start this year. If not, it'll be more Max Strews, Victor Oladipo. Uh, small forward, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Martin. Uh, and then their only power forward right now is Nikola Jovic. At center, they got Bam Adebayo and Dwayne Dedman to go along with Omer Yurtsevson. So my question to you, Adam, is, you know, what do you what do you feel about this uh, Miami Heat team after, you know, a 4-1 round in the first round of the playoffs last year, you know, absolutely destroying the Hawks, and then... Uh, going up against Philly in the second round where they were kind of hampered with injuries with Embiid and, and Harden not playing as well. So they won that in six, uh, but then losing, you know, basically on a couple of shots and a couple, you know, games to Boston in which they lost in seven games. Um, so like, what are you, what are your thoughts on this team coming into this next season after kind of a heartbreaking loss to Boston? Yeah, I mean, all around, I they they kept their team pretty much the same as last year. I mean, obviously they lost PJ Tucker, which is, um, it, I think that's a a big um subtraction because he's re- he's he's really good on the defensive end. He can stretch the floor, occasionally hit that three. Yep. But I I think the Heat they take a little bit of a step back this year. I mean, the Sixers are clearly better than them. Boston is clearly better than them, Milwaukee. and in Milwaukee, yep, and even I think the Nets, if even if if both their stars play, I don't know, we'll see. But that's that's another story for another day. But um, I think the big thing is if they can get Nikola Jovic going, their first round rookie. I I liked what I saw from him early on in the uh, summer league. So if he can translate that into um, you know the regular season and make this this Heat team a contender still, because I think that's the biggest question: are are the Heat still a contender? And I 
I'm leaning towards no. I think there's better teams in the East that contend for a, a championship there, but I mean, they're still a good team. I mean, you still have Kyle Lowry, you have six man Tyler Hero, but it, it'll probably end up starting this year. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, but so I mean, the the team meshed well last year, so I, it's going to be a big question if uh, they can continue to uh, make those runs in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, it seems like everybody in the East got better, you know, had some additions as well. So with this team in the Miami Heat, not adding a lot of players besides just their rookies, basically, and then losing a key player like P.J. Tucker, I think kind of, doesn't really bring them in the right direction if they want to get back to the conference finals like they did what three years ago now when they played LA so 2020 yeah that season so um I think when you look at this team uh, I want to kind of dive into you know Kyle Lowry I think he's kind of the x factor that really didn't show up last year and you know it could have been due to personal reasons that um, he said he's going to come out with that, you know, a little bit later when he feels more comfortable. But he was dealing with some stuff last year that, you know, besides the injuries too, because health was, his, you know, not his strong point last year as well, even when he was on the court. Um, so him not playing as well definitely took a hit because he was like their big addition to last season and it didn't quite work out. So, you know, I look forward to seeing what Lowry does this year. Maybe he's in a little bit better shape, kind of like that Miami mold shape, I guess. Um, so if he can come into better shape, I think this team can take a, a little bit bigger of a jump this year and not have to rely on, you know, Gabe Vincent, an undrafted rookie, to have to be the starting point guard for this team, which I think was too much to ask for. And he did have some good moments in uh, the playoffs last year. But um, when you're relying on Gabe Vincent and Max Struess, you know, against a Boston team that's got, you know, better talent at those positions, it kind of makes it tough. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, the Heat have been known for just getting these undrafted um, rookies and just making them great rotational players. I mean, Max Struess, he's one of the, the better three-point shooters in the league right now. I mean, I think he, he struggled a little bit in the playoffs. But, Is I he mean, the new Duncan Robinson? The new Duncan? What, what about him? Well, because, like, Duncan Robinson got benched. So like he was, yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's pretty much the new Duncan Robinson. A little bit better at defense as well. And I think, I don't, who knows, I think Duncan Robinson, I mean, he's great during the regular season, but you can't play him during the playoffs. You just can't. He's a defensive liability, and yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to have to see a, a defensive tick in um, Nikola Jovic. But as far as I can see, I just see a really pos- like a positive offensive game from, from the rookie. But I, I don't know. It all, I mean, there's a big question mark over Kyle Lowry's head. I mean, we don't know if he's too old or if he just doesn't have it in him anymore. I mean, he is on the bigger side, but he's always been on, you know, one of those kind of thicker point cards. Right. (laughs) I mean, I can see why a lot of people would be out on Mike Lowry. I mean, uh, Cal Lowry. Mike Lowry. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, shout out to Bad Boys. I mean, that's a, that was a great movie. But uh, yeah, no, Kyle Lowry. I think uh, if he can stay healthy and get in shape and become that point guard we saw in Toronto that won a championship, I think we can see this team being, you know, excelling past you know what we saw last year when he wasn't playing as much. But based off your point with Nikola Jovic, I mean, he is their only power forward, so he's going to get some minutes. It's just when this team wants to hope and you know, when they have aspirations of being a playoff team that goes deep in the playoffs, I don't think starting a rookie or even giving him 25 plus minutes per game is going to really help them out. Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely going to be a learning curve for, for Jovic. Um, he's practically, he's being forced into a starting role. And I mean, the European players, they, they seem to take those starting roles fairly well. I mean, as, as far as we know, I mean, you got Luca. I mean, obviously, Green there's freak, no question. Yeah, exactly. You go on and on. Like, European players are taking over the NBA, like, it seems like. So, um, it, yeah, it's a big question mark coming into the season, but I don't see. I mean, I think Jovic slipped in the draft, if you ask me. So I think it was a steal for for the Heat there. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like early, I remember early mock drafts. They had him going like lottery round, sometimes sneaking. I think around there. I I saw a couple where he was sneaking into the top ten, which you know, I I didn't think he was that high early on in the draft process, but I think that's what scouts saw later on they kind of moved him down the board but for this miami heat team i think they got you know a steal at i don't even remember what pick it was, was it, it was like it was in the 20s 27 or something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really late in the draft process and then you know i'm not big i don't know much about darius days um maybe he can be a rotation piece but I'm guessing main, mainly like a G League player. God, that was like one thing that the, the Heat didn't need was another guard. Yeah. I mean, you have like practically six, seven people who can play the guard position. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jimmy Butler can ball handle, Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Gabe Vincent. So you got five players right there that can ball handle for you. And then sometimes even Bam Adebayo brings it up the court too. So. Yeah, I mean, I think... The, the one thing they could do is is move Bam to the four. I mean, he would definitely need to you know improve his his shooting abilities because I liked what I saw from Omir. What is it? Yurtsevin. Yurtsevin. <laughs> <laughs> I butcher all those days. No, yeah, I like what I see out of Omir. Um, I think he could be a great rotational player for the Heat. I mean, he he did well for my fantasy team for a stretch there last year. Yeah, so, what what place did you get in that fantasy league? Yeah, no, we're not <laughs> talking about that. I got screwed over. <laughs> no, I think um, having Max Truce and Gabe Vincent back though, with you know that playoff experience that they got last year, is gonna work wonders. So and then this into this next year, so I can see them taking a big leap. Maybe not big leap, but. Usually you see players in their second year, second, third year, they start to get a little bit more confident in their shot selection. They get confident in their passing. And then, you know, defense is more natural. So, like, if you have it coming in, 
usually you're fine, but it is something you can work at. So maybe that's something that Max Struess should kind of learn from Duncan Robinson and kind of put more effort into that defensive end. But uh, I I think one person that we that doesn't get a lot of spotlight is Victor Oladipo. I mean, he yeah yeah he's had his injury problems. He he has, but. I think this is like the make or break year. If he can have a decent season this year, he'll stay in the NBA. But I think if he does a not like a down year, it, it I don't know. I think Victor might be on the outs in the NBA. But I I think he's he's good. He's definitely good enough to not not start, but be a definitely like a great role player on a on a championship team. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with him in that Boston series. Like, he had, I want to basically, like, the entire series, though. Like, he was picking Jalen Brown's pocket all the time. He was sometimes picking Jason Tatum's pocket. That's why, you know, going into that Warriors final, you kind of saw Golden State doing the same thing, trying to get in those, not just passing lanes, but also stripping the ball when they're not taking care of the ball. So, I really liked what I saw out of Victor Oladipo. And they kind of needed him, you know, just to bring it to that game seven because, you know, it was falling on to Jimmy Butler's, you know, hands the entire series long. Like one game he'd have like 40 plus points. The next game he'd have like 20 and they'd lose. So you need you need extra help, especially when Jimmy's carrying the load like he did last year. And I mean, Bam really struggled in that Boston series. I think he had like maybe one or two good games that he could feel good about, but you know, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what this team does to maybe add in some extra players in the, by the trade deadline or even before the season. Um, I have one trade in mind that I kind of like just because they don't have a lot of power forward depth. Um, What do you think of possibly like a Jay Crowder uh, move like with the Suns? I get it. I understand it, but I don't want it. You, no? you know why? Because that boy Jay Crowder, he's on the Suns, and I'd like to like him to stay there. He's he's a great rotational player. He's like he's a glue guy. He's like he's kind of like a Draymond Green, a lesser version of a Draymond Green. He just kind of brings the group together. Not he's not too good in any category, but he he gets the job done. He is getting older though. And I think the Suns are trying to get a little bit younger at that power forward position. I know they got rid of um, what's his uh, he's on the Indiana Pacers right now. Oh, I can't think of his name. Oh, Dude with the glasses. Oh, he's gonna. Oh, yeah, Jalen Smith. Smith. Yeah, Jaylen, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, I feel like they should have kept him for sure. But I don't think they had the money to kind of keep him in. But. No, yeah, I think I think the Suns are still waiting on that Kevin Durant trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's not coming. That is not coming. Um, but I think I don't. I don't, I'm not sure who they could possibly trade to get Jay Crowder. Maybe they could throw in like a first round pick, and then uh, yeah, they could get rid of Dwayne Dudman. Like they don't need him. No, they yeah. don't need him. Maybe or like. If they're not high on Yurtsevsen, they could throw in Yurtsevsen in like maybe a couple seconds or like a first and then bring in Jay Crowder because they do have Dwayne Dedman as that backup center role. 
if they want to just roll out with Bam at a bio. That, that, start. that would be a steal for the Suns if they could get Omir for, for Jay Crowder. See, I mean, now it kind of makes sense, isn't it? That, that, uh, yeah, I mean, but that's a big if, a big right. if. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely understand that, but, um, I don't want to jump the gun here or anything, but the one trade that we all know that the Heat need to make to make sure that they're still a contender and still a powerhouse team in the yeah. East, we all know. You get they, or, or Donovan Mitchell? You get Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get Donovan No, I remember Mitchell. saying this in the uh, game six when the Warriors closed out Boston. You remember me saying, like, the move that Miami should make that I think they're going to make yeah, this yeah, next yeah. year is going to be getting Donovan Mitchell. And this was even before like all the trade buzz. And I mean, they had, he had problems with Rudy Gobert, but after trading Rudy Gobert, maybe some people thought, you know, they're just going to keep Donovan Mitchell and build around him. I think Donovan Mitchell would be a great fit on this team. Um, a potential like trade you could see is, you know, they have to add in Duncan Robinson to make the money work. And then if you want to keep Kyle Lowry, um, and then you add in Tyler Hero and Nikola Jovic, their first round pick, and then three first round picks. So 2023, 2024, and 25. And then, I mean, Jovic is a first rounder this year. So that's basically four first round picks Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero for Donovan Mitchell. Don't get me wrong. That would be a great trade for the Heat, but that leaves the biggest hole I've ever seen in the power forward position. They would have zero power forwards. That's why you pick up Jay Crowder. Yeah, <laughs> okay, if you can get him. Yeah, but yeah, you you gotta give up so much just to get to get a star nowadays. It's it almost doesn't make it worth or it makes sense because yeah, you're getting a star player, but you're really banking on that. Like if it doesn't work out, you lose everything. Just like the the Minnesota trade. I mean, you're really hoping it works out because they went all in. But if it doesn't, they're screwed for like the next 3-4 years. Right. But I mean, the Wolves really haven't been that great at picking late in the first round, which you they're going to have a good regular season, most would think. No, I'm glad. So it's going to be a high draft pick for the next two, three years. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad. I'm glad that the Timberwolves made that trade because it's the first big splash we've ever made in free agency. I think in the history of the the team. Name yeah. one bigger trade that the Timberwolves have made. I mean, Kevin Love for the first round pick, which was Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Andrew Wiggins trumps Rudy Gobert. Yeah, no. <laughs> but we haven't seen Rudy in a in a Timberwolves uniform yet. But um, getting back onto kind of that Heat trade, um, you know, I think this works out for the Jazz as well because they get Tyler Hero, who twenty point per game scorer last year, which was second on the Miami Heat roster. Uh, you get Duncan Robinson, who's a sharpshooter, which you know had a down year. This year, but last year was definitely a great player, uh, and the year before that, where you know he was shooting lights out, and then you're adding in a player like Nikola Jovic. We just got got done talking, hyping him up with his summer league performances and whatnot, um, and then 
the icing on the cake for the Jazz is obviously getting more first-round picks, kind of turning this into like a Sam Pressy, OKC Thunder oh, yeah. team where oh, you yeah. can just load up those draft picks. Yeah, I, I you know, I, if I was the Heat, I don't know if I would do that. I really, I don't know. I think I think you're leaving too many holes in yeah. your team just to get Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I if you're a Heat fan, of course you would love to see it. Yeah. But in the way that the NBA works, it's just not going to happen. You need, you need, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just not going to happen. I mean, personally, I just I say just fuck it, go for it. I mean, you can find some power forwards in the open market and plug them in. But I'd say if if you had P, if you still had PJ Tucker on the team, then yeah, I think it would make sense, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, anything else that you wanted to conclude on this Miami Heat uh, squad going into next year? I think. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, I yeah, I think um, yeah, they're obviously going to be a good team in the East. Like that, there's. I mean, top four team, right? At, at least top I think five. They're probably going to be around four, fourth or fifth seed. Like, I don't see them being the number one seed anymore. Like, at, they had their stretch, their like two, three year stretch of you know being number one, the number one team, or up there. But you know, I think I at, at most I see them as a second round playoff team. I don't, I don't. I mean, it all depends on who they play and who they're matched up with. And obviously, you have to, you know, put injuries in there as a factor. But I all I see them as a, a second round playoff team with their roster right now. So if if they made another splash in the in the, the mid season, uh, maybe maybe they jump up a couple of spots in my mind. But I just I don't see them as a a championship team anymore. Yeah, I mean, when I look at the Miami Heat, I just their reputation that they have as a franchise, you know, with Pat Riley owning the team, well, not owning the team, but basically owning the team with, president. yeah, president. Um, and then you got one of the best coaches in the NBA, um, still young too, and Eric Spolstra, who does a phenomenal job even after the LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh era in bringing in talent like Jimmy Butler and drafting Bam Adebayo. So, you know, this team is going to really lean on its defensive prowess, I think. Mixing in that defensiveness with the offense and then, you know, all the guards that they have, even if they do keep the same team. Granted, they have to be healthy, too, because if, if they if they lose a couple of pieces, like if Jimmy, Jimmy misses time, if Bam misses time, you know, it puts them into a little bit of a, a struggle where you could see them slip into like a six, seven, eight seed possibly. So I think health and then playing great defense. And then you got to hope Tyler Hero gets better, which I I think he possibly could. And then also Max Truce, uh Gabe Vincent. And then hopefully you can see Duncan Robinson get back to normal as well would help. But I think it'll be interesting to see how this Miami Heat squad fares next year with, you know, some would say probably the best the East has looked in quite some time. So um, they're going to have their hands full for sure next year. Yeah, I'd say in the first first time in a very, very long time, 
you could go on either conference and it's it's fairly even matched up like the east like you said they've gotten tons better i mean there's four or five really good teams in the east and then obviously you have the powerhouse teams in the west like the west as they have i feel like they've always been good you know getting closer though (laughs) it definitely is getting closer it's the closest i've seen in a very long time but yeah no i'm excited to see what happens um to finish up this off season and then going into the next season So moving on to our next topic of the day. Um, so I saw this on NBA.com. They released a top 50 ball handers list. Uh, so far they have picks or numbers 50 through 41. I'll go through them really quick for you. But they have Luka Doncic at 50, Cade Cunningham at 49, Ish Smith at 48, Fred Van Vliet at 47, Kevin Porter Jr. at 46, James Harden at 45, John Moran at 44, Chris Paul at 43, Emmanuel Quickly at 42, and rounding it out at number 41, they have D'Lo. I want to get your thoughts on this. This is an interesting list that they brought up here just with like the first, what, 10 players, bottom 10, I guess, in the top 50. Wow. Like, I I don't know who was making this list. I know, but they are on some crazy ass drugs to be thinking <laughs> that Luka Doncic is at fifty, and not even that. You have James Harden at forty-five. You have Chris Paul, one of the best ball handlers to do it ever. The disrespect at forty-three. They have a manual quickly over Chris Paul, James Harden, and Luka Doncic. All the other ones, okay, like you know, that, that's fine. Like. John Morant isn't the flashiest ball handler. Like, he just drives the ball and dunks it. But, like, you have the technical mind of Chris Paul, who's, like, he focuses a lot of his game on ball handling and and the pick and roll. So, I I don't know. I don't know who is making this, but they they need to rethink everything. (laughs) (laughs) Redo the list. We need a new list. I mean, having Luka at... You know, the, at 50, at 50, that's way too low. And then, like, I like Cade Cunningham in there. And then Ish Smith, yeah, give him some love because he's a pretty good ball handler himself. Fred Van Vliet, yep, I get it. Kevin Porter Jr. stepped up this last year and the year before, getting a lot better. Uh, James Harden, okay, he had an off year, but it's still one of the best ball handlers in the league. John Morant, yeah, you got to put him in the list. Chris Paul at 43, like you said, is an absolute travesty to see him at 43. I mean, <laughs> I get it. He's getting older. Doesn't have as quick as a, fir- as a, of a first step anymore. But you know, when you're nutmegging guys at close to 40 years old, that takes a lot of skill. Yeah. And then quickly. Okay. You can put them on the list, but not above those players that I mentioned. And then, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't say the biggest D'Lo fan, but I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I think he's got he's got ball handling skills. Um, but it'll be interesting to see who else gets below, you know, those top guys like Luca, uh, James Harden, Chris Paul. Um, and I, I'm curious to see how the NBA kind of releases the rest of this. Oh, I'm very curious if they have, you know, like 
Hall of Fame players this far down on the list, yeah. like I am like very intrigued to see uh, who is 40 and up because you got me. I mean, obviously, you know, top if, if you were to name top ball handlers, I, I'd say probably the the best two. I can say two, the best two, one and two. You got I think you can go hand in hand. You got Kyrie Irving and you got Steph Curry. I yep. think those are the best yep. ones. Like couldn't have said it better. If they aren't one and two, like I don't even destroy know. it. Destroy Just the list. Take this. Take this list. Burn it. Burn it. <laughs> Just like KG. Yes. Burn it. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Kyrie, Steph Curry, two of the best ball handlers. Um, they gotta be top two. I don't even. If they put one of those below top two, um, which I could see them doing with Kyrie Irving because, I mean, with everything that's gone on, I could see them putting some shade on on his name as well. But uh, it'll be fun to see. Uh, the NBA also came out with their way too early offseason power rankings released for both the uh, West and Eastern Conference. Uh, we'll go through the West real quick at number one. Actually, we'll go from bottom to top. So Spurs at 15, Rockets 14, Thunder 13, Kings, Jazz, Trailblazers, Lakers at 9, Pelicans 8, Timberwolves 7, Mavericks 6, Grizzlies 5, Nuggets wrapping up the top 3. Got the Clippers at 3, followed by the Suns and the Warriors. You know what? I I like I like that one. I mean, that that seems fairly right. Like obviously you're gonna put the, the champions at number one. The Suns, I I you know, you know that that's my team, but right. I don't know if I would put them at two. I yeah, they're still great team, but I don't know. They they really disappointed me last year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they were like on the three or four slot. But I think you got you got to put the Clippers at number two. The way that they organized and constructed their roster this off season was huge. Like adding Chris, or John Wall, you're getting. You still want to talk about Chris Paul, don't you? you, still, you I still, I yeah, I know. <laughs> no, yeah, and you're getting you're getting Kawhi Leonard back healthy, hopefully, hundred um, percent. Um, I think the Clippers, I think that's an easy two. And then, obviously, the Nuggets, Grizzlies, like the Nuggets are getting uh, Jamal Murray back, which is going to be huge. They're getting, I think, Michael Porter back. So I think definitely the Nuggets and Grizzlies are going to be battling for, you know, that mid-playoff spot. Um, I think they could have the Timberwolves above the Mavericks. I think I, I like the way that the Timberwolves' roster is better than the, the Mavericks. I mean, the Mavericks made some good moves, but they did lose rotational players, which might hurt them later on in the season. Um, another team that I think is probably going to take a bit of a jump, not too much of a jump, would probably be the Lakers. I don't see them. I mean, obviously LeBron's – I don't see LeBron missing – Two straight playoffs in a row. So I, I just don't see them as a playing team because you know how much LeBron hates to play in games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I I think the the Lakers will probably squeeze into those like that eighth spot, seventh spot, possibly. But you know, all the bottom teams like that that all makes sense to me. Yeah, bottom five, I have no question with Jazz, Kings, Thunder, Rockets, Spurs. I like what Trailblazers did this offseason in bringing in um, Jeremy Grant. So I think that was a big pickup for them, and then re-signing Nurkic as well. Um, we'll have to see how Damian Lillard does this next season, which we'll get into a little bit later on in our breakdowns with the Portland Trailblazers. I think we have them coming up next week. So get tuned for that as well as the Timberwolves as well. But um, yeah, the only question kind of like what you said, I think, you know, you're a big Suns fan. So I thought you'd be like, yeah, they should be number two at least. Um, I think Clippers should be number two. Um, If not, you know, I could see them potentially being, you know, I know the Warriors won, but I could see Clippers after the first couple of weeks being the number one team in the West to have to deal with. Because adding John Wall, Paul George, you got Kawhi coming back with his big old thighs and his <laughs> in his new picture that he came out with. Uh, I think they just got so much depth on that Clippers team. That who's the other player that what no Noel no, who's the other player that the Clippers picked up? In the se- last season, he was uh, he was drafted by the 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 Raptors. What was his name? Shooter. I'm drawing a blank. I am too. Oh, Powell. Powell. Norman, Norman Powell. Powell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, yeah. That was another great, great pickup for him. Yeah, he dealt with injuries as well. That's the thing. Clippers, they're just so well-rounded. They have a great starting five. I mean, their center could use some work, but whatever. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, they have a great, great starting five. And then they have great rotational players. So, I think it's this year, I I see it. I mean, obviously, I, you can't count the Warriors out going back-to-back. I mean, they're just a good team. So, I think it's going to be between the Warriors and Clippers, if you'd ask me. But Yeah. I mean, you could put the Grizzlies above the Nuggets, nuggets just because nuggets. of... Nuggets. <laughs> just just because of last year. But, you know, you mentioned getting back Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. That's big addition back to this squad. We'll see how they do after their injuries. Um, as much as I'm a big T-Wolves fan, I can't let my biasness put them any higher then probably seven. I got to give respect to Luka Doncic and what he's been able to do with uh, this Mavericks squad. Pelicans have shown they can be, you know, a quality playoff team like they showed against the Suns. So maybe they can take another, you know, bump up. You got Diane coming back, hopefully. Lakers are going to have a better squad as well. I know. I mean, they're going to have some troubles on their bench unit and then also players not named LeBron and AD. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this West shakes up. Looking at the East, though, uh, starting at 15, we got Pacers, Magic, Pistons at 13, Hornets at 12, Wizards at 11, Knicks at 10, Cavaliers, Hawks, Nets at 7, 6 is the Bulls, Raptors at 5, Heat at 4, uh, and then your top three in the East is going to be the 76ers, followed by the Milwaukee Bucks. And at the top, uh, kind of no shocker, but should be a shocker, is the Celtics. Mm, yeah. 
I I could change a lot with this list. Uh, not the worst list I've seen, but obviously, okay, yeah, sure. Put the Celtics at number one, but it's better than the ball handlers list. Yeah, it's def- definitely better than the ball handlers list. Um, me personally, I I'd go. Ooh, I'd go Bucks number one. Just, just so would I. You Giannis like. You got a healthy Giannis, healthy Chris Middleton, healthy Drew Holiday. That team is beating the Celtics. I don't care what you say. That that team's beating the Celtics like probably eight times out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then yeah, then you I'd put the Celtics to two, 76ers lock at three. Heat, I could see them going down to five or six. I like him at four though. But I I think I'd move um the Bulls up to number four. Um, wow. Well, think about it. Like even after after their struggles last year in the playoffs, they didn't they didn't have Lonzo. They didn't have a ball handler. I get that. Yeah. You know, you put Lonzo's D three and D in the playoffs. I think they they definitely make it past the first round. Right. Especially, I mean, it depends on who they play, of course. But I I think the Bulls are going to have a, a great season this year. Raptors are always in the mix. The Nets, if they trade away Kevin Durant and Kyrie, no, you if they just trade trade Kevin Durant, they're going. They're not down. making the playoffs. Yeah, not even the plan. No, then you see the Cavs jump up. You see the Hawks jump up. I mean, if they lose KD, they're probably slipping all the way to probably nine as a play. I don't see the Knicks being better than them. I don't see the Wizards being better than them. Honestly, I like the Hornets team, but. With what circle around Miles Bridges, like we talked about in last episode, mm-hmm. could be could be an issue there. Big question mark um, there. But then, yeah, those final bottom three: Pistons, Magic, Pacers, all re- rebuilding teams. So, I, 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 and I even I see the Wizards as a a bottom feeder. Like, right? I, I'd, I'd go as low as at fourteen for the Wizards. They're really? not a good team. I like the Beal, Kristaps. Unicorn outlook there. Who else do they have? Nobody. Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> you don't like Kyle Kuzma? All right, all right. I'll give you Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't know. The, the, yeah. Once when you get past probably eight in the East, it the teams, they're, they're just not, not good. I'd say nine. Cavs are a good team. Yeah, I mean, they're not a playoff team. They're not a playoff team. Yeah, maybe not. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, stay healthy. But um, that'll wrap up this episode. I just want to mention real quick, it's been 175 days since Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia. Uh, From here at Shot to Side, we just want to wish her the best. Uh, Speedy speedy return, um, not for us, but mainly for her family, her wife, who's been missing her a lot. Um, her fans in Phoenix, the players, the organization there, uh, and just pe- people that care about her, you know, because everything that's, you know, transpired there has really taken a hit not only on her and her family and friends, but also the NBA community, the WNBA community, uh, sports fans in general. So the quicker we can get her back home, um, I think and kind of hear her side of the story. I think the more we can kind of get back to normal, um, NBA, WNBA news, but 
check out our previous two episodes with the Hawks and Hornets uh, that we just released on Tuesday and Wednesday. Also, if you enjoyed the content from Adam, check out his last time he was on the pod when we dove into the Milwaukee Bucks in episode 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you enjoy the content, make sure to uh, uh, like and follow. Send us some comments in the chat below, or you can send it to our Gmail account at shotside at gmail.com. Thank you all for your continued support. We'll wrap up this week with two more pods uh, on Friday and Saturday with the Orlando Magic and the Washington Wizards breakdowns before we start the new week on Monday with the first division in our Western Conference breakdowns on the Northwest Division. The teams included in that in order from Monday through Friday are the Denver Nuggets, Minnesota Timberwolves, OKC Thunder, Portland Trailblazers, and lastly but not leastly, the Utah Jazz. So until then, guys, from here at Shot the Side, peace out. Peace. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miami Heat got, I mean, Jovic. Got some stuff to figure out. Jovic. Jovic. Jovic is next. That's thing. my boy. He's the next big thing. <laughs>